Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, where our mission is to foster the creative capacity and vibrancy of the capital region through advocacy, resources, and education. For this week's AC23, we've reached back into our archives a bit because on Saturday, February 24th, from 2 to 4 p.m., we're having a book signing party for our Creative Aging Writer's Workshop book. Louisiana Short Stories, an anthology from America's most storied state. It takes place here at the Cary Siraj Community Arts Center. So take a listen as we explain just how this project came to be. We have got a very special episode of AC23 this morning. I have with me uh, Ronna Gray, Gordon Buck, Denise Loveless, Greenwood Loveless, and we are going. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and we have all recently participated in the fourth iteration of the Arts Council's Creative Aging Writers Workshop, and we created a book. Welcome, guys. Hard to believe. <laughs> Hard to believe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, so we had 20 participants. Uh, we have created. It's called Louisiana Short Stories, an anthology from America's most storied state. And um, so, Rana. You facilitated this. I feel like we gave birth. <laughs> so tell us to an little, elephant. To an elephant, yes. <laughs> so tell us, tell us, kind of how this started. Where did where did what what possessed us to do this? <laughs> well, as you mentioned, it's the fourth uh, creative writing workshop, and um, we've done some really interesting things. And when the Arts Council wanted to do the fourth one, trying to come up with something new and different. We'd had several writers like Gordon and Denise who had taken multiple of the workshops. And, I, and they always say they want more feedback and they want more critique. And they're, you can see their work advancing. So to me, the only thing left to do was to publish their work. Uh, they certainly were at the level that deserved to be published. And I thought, how cool would this be to pull these stories together into a collection of short stories that came from this workshop and let everyone actually be. Some of them are, like Gordon, already a published author. But to actually be published, I think, is is a great accomplishment. Really makes you feel good when your work is that point. But as I tried to caution everyone, <laughs> there's a lot of work before you can put your name on a book. <laughs> yeah, Gordon, you know all about that because you have, pu- you, you, like Ronna said, you have published several books. Uh, yes, I uh, uh, af- after having my early works rejected, I realized I was much more interested in having something published uh, than anything else, and so I learned how to self-publish on Amazon, and so so my books are now self-published. I had to hack my way through it uh, quite a bit, but I finally figured it out, and uh, it, it was a good good challenge. I. Uh, Long ago, decided I wanted to write a book, but never did. Never did it. And uh, when I decided to that if I was ever going to write a novel, I really needed to get busy on it. I took some online courses, and and they were fine. They helped me a lot. But this live course, led by uh, Rana, and I've participated in some way in all four of them. Uh, this was really the best by far because you get. Uh, not just feedback, but sometimes immediate 
feedback, yeah. and you learn that other people have the same questions and problems that that you do. It's it's been a wonderful live course. It's great. Yeah, you find out you're not you're not as crazy as you thought you were. There are other, there are other people that that are wondering why do we do this like ABC. So Denise, kind of what 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 inspired you to to take take on this challenge? So I've been a writer forever. I've always loved the written word. I've been a reader since a very young child probably reading ahead of my age for many years. I was on a walk with my husband one afternoon, and we I was telling him something someone had told me, and I thought, that would make a great story, an idea for a story. And in the course of a 30-minute walk, I had spoken to him this entire story. I knew how it began, I knew what went on, and I knew how it ended for a book, enough for a book. So I started writing probably six or seven years ago, and I wrote a novel. And the rewrites, I think, are the hardest part. Uh, going through this process has not only kind of reignited my fire to get back to that novel, but, um, you know, it's taught me so much where it needs to go and how these edits need to be done and just chop how to chop this thing. Yeah, it's uh, you know when you create something, it's 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 like your child, and and you, and and it's perfect, and you don't want anybody to mess with it. <laughs> yes. So there was a whole lot of trust amongst everybody that y'all, you know, we had a group that edited the first the first batch, and then we gave them back, and then we edited again, and then we gave them back, and then Ron and I took it took it and. We didn't give it back. <laughs> you just had to take that leap of faith. So, but I, I was always the one growing. I mean, I got to write as a journalist, so I've been writing for more than fifty years. But I was always the one growing up that all my friends said, "Pam, you have to put that in your book. Pam, you have to put that in the book." And I'm like, "What book are you talking about?" <laughs> I guess I'm the one that remembered all the stories. So you have, that's, that's kind of just been how I go. So I want to write a book about 27 years of party hopping in Baton Rouge and the people that I met along that route. So I took the, the second course. I had just started at the Arts Council when the first one happened, and it was full, so I didn't go there. <laughs> but I took the second one to jumpstart me on that process. And then I know I probably would have procrastinated another year or two <laughs> if I hadn't have done that. So, And it, then this one got you ready to have it published. Yeah. <laughs> now I know what to do and not do. So, and we, you know, we're all going to confess we're all 55 and older because that's, that's what the creative aging thing is. So we've learned new tricks. Like Gordon said, he had to walk, teach himself how to, how to do all <laughs> kind of fun stuff. How has that kept you engaged at, at, you know, because a lot of people just, you know, retire from life and retire from their job and they sit home and don't do anything. So how has this kind of kept you going? I was surprised you know, among my classmates uh, at the variety of topics, light duty, which my I wrote mostly for my own entertainment, maybe a form of escapism. But some people had very serious <laughs> Uh, writing that they did, and you could see that it was very therapeutic for them, and uh, and and memoirs. Uh, so there's a lot of variety among these short stories. A lot of variety. So tell us a little bit about the one you wrote. 
the one I did. Yeah, tell, give us a give us a teaser. Some people <laughs> want to buy this book. <laughs> I, um, I I came across a situation some years ago where a lady had a priest living in her basement, <laughs> and her idea was that she was renting out her basement. Uh, to this priest, but the priest was retired, and he had no money, <laughs> so he actually wasn't paying her, and she ended up being his caregiver, and I had written a few paragraphs of that. I, I so much like the title, The Priest in the Basement, yeah, right. <laughs> so when Rana challenged us to write about uh, Louisiana, I thought of that, this priest in the basement idea and the the house being an old hunting lodge in a swamp. Uh, and that idea just grabbed me. And we were told to be sure and keep a lot of Louisiana things in our short story. And so I tried uh, to do that, incorporating foods and fishing and the swamp land. Uh, it, it, was, it was a fun ride. And like I say, an, another form of escapism for me. Yeah. Yeah, when I read that title, I was expecting some, not what it was at all. I had no idea. It was totally not not what I was expecting, but it was but really. But you're right. It makes you want to read the story. It makes you want to read the story. It's like, title. ooh, I want to read this one now. And Gordon just made a really good point about uh, the themes of these stories. We had a session in the very beginning, as y'all recall, that we, and I wanted the listeners to know, that we decided on a theme. They would be set in Louisiana and they would be around themes of resilience and culture. So he really hit on both of them because uh, the hunting camp and the meals that they were preparing really bring out the culture and the resilience, not just in our landscape, which we talk about every day here in Louisiana, but resilience of our people. And I think the stories have that thread running through them too, which I think people really enjoy reading. Yeah. So Denise... Kind of tell us a little bit about your your story. My story is called Wild Iris, and it's about a little boy who's being raised by an alcoholic father in a very poor you know area in a very poor town. And um, to be clear, it's a little dark, edgy. Um, all the feels you know you feel for this boy, which yeah. is kind of how I like to write. My, you know, growing up, I just was bowled over by John Steinbeck's work, very edgy. The Pearl. I probably read it fourteen and just went, I want to write like this. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, Annie Dillard. So I write what I like to read, and my work is, is edgy and kind of dark. And so it's, it's kind of a sad story, but it does have a little twist at the end that and, can be interpreted um, a couple you know, of different ways. Some people ways that might that, seem um, I think you know, is a, a tough guy Absolutely. will write the most that, moving and touching story. Denise, who's the bright light in the workshop, writes dark, gritty stories <laughs> and, and surprises you with how much you enjoy them. Um, Gordon has, to me, reinvented himself from an engineer to a creative writer and self-taught himself so many things that I actually ask him to lecture to the workshop uh, because he has so much experience now. But the topics were just fascinating. Some I knew their style because they'd taken other workshops, but they came up with new twists. Because these stories were all written and edited, as you all know, in a six-week workshop. And it was incredible. I knew it would be really pushing 
But like I said, everybody was like, challenge us. And yeah. so you we did. We did. <laughs> and it's just amazing to me that we have just a beautiful book and a wonderful collection from funny to gritty stories to uh, heartwarming stories to ghost stories. and <laughs> There's a little uh, bit of everything in here. There's a little bit of everything, <laughs> no matter what you like to read. And it also amazed me that we had six PhDs in this workshop, which would sound intimidating, except they were intimidated, because some of them, because they've only written uh, academic writing. Yeah. And to now turn their attention and focus, they, I think, were really excited to uh, stretch their creative writing skills. So um, it, it's such a diverse group, as Gordon mentioned, and um, they've just turned out great work, I think. Yeah, so you mentioned that Gordon's an engineer. So, Denise, tell us a little bit about what what your day your day job is, what your day like, what's your day like when you're not writing? <laughs> so I've retired from 30 years as a production designer and art director in the film industry, and I'm now making art in a backyard studio and having the time of my life. And that's another thing with my art. I've have been I have said many times I just want to get edgier and darker. And a friend said to me one time, "You're one of the happiest people I know. Why is that? <laughs> Where does this come from?" And I think it comes from balance. I, I think I try to balance so many things in my life that I want to find that place where edgy and whimsical meet and where grotesque and beautiful meet up and so that's my concentration in my art as well as my writing okay well did uh, Rana had talent throughout this this since she started the first workshop you've had writing challenges that you have Denise was like we had to ban her from we did. participating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves her stories and oh. we had we have little maybe a John Grisham autograph book or from someone else as a prize and she won too many times so we've we've banned her now from <laughs> from winning at least for one yeah. we're going to do another I mean, one the one i remember was the one that was like halloween yes. yes she went she really went the dark the dark route with that one <laughs> well and pam you just mentioned another i think great outcome of these writers workshops is that everyone goes into an online writers group and so even when there's no workshop going on all the alumni who have had some of the same experiences, if they're writing in their personal lives and want to drop it into the Google group that we started and just say, hey, I'm having trouble with this or give me some feedback, they can still get that feedback. And one of the things uh, when I first spoke with Renee Chatelaine about the Arts Council launching these workshops, I thought there needs to be a legacy from them. Mm -hmm. We'll do a workshop in the beginning, one, but let's have a legacy uh, aspect to this that they can continue staying connected because you get to know everybody and you know and you can connect them with them one-on-one -on -one or you can throw it out to the whole group so we have the red stick writers online writers group no matter if we're having a workshop or not which i think is another great gift that's come out of this to have that like you said, you learn you're not the only person that's crazy about writing, and <laughs> you can uh, share that. Yeah, yes, and people that are no longer in the live writing groups are still participating through the Google group, and right. sometimes you get a note that says, "Oh, look, look what I've written. What what do you think about it?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a you know I've I've made friends and gotten to know people. <laughs> that I never probably would have crossed paths with. Oh, it's, a, it's been a great group. I think for me personally, that's been the best part of it is I love every one of them 
and fascinated by what they write. And it's you really do connect with people quickly when you have such a shared interest, I think. Yeah, and, and writing is such a personal thing. So you really kind of lay your soul bare to this yeah. to the to these people that you don't know the first time, and then you know by about fourth or fifth or sixth, it's like okay, I can show them this. Mm-hmm. Yes, when when I retired as a mechanical engineer, my college roommate actually told me he said uh, he had just retired, and he said it's taken me a year to get accustomed to being retired. He liked his job as, as I liked my job. And he said, Gordon, it's going to take you a lot longer than a year. <laughs> he knew, he <laughs> knew, knew you well. <laughs> knew you well. I went through my various hobbies, photography, woodworking, and, and, uh, and, and then I realized I needed to, I wanted to reinvent myself as a novelist. And so I took that on as, a, as another project. And for a long time, I would describe myself in groups like ours. I would say, I'm trying to reinvent myself as a novelist. And after writing a few and having them self-published, I realized whether they're good or not, I have reinvented myself. <laughs> Mission accomplished. I just right. started reading Gordon's, the second of Gordon's book. I read the first one when I first met him in, in one of the workshops, and he has definitely reinvented himself as a novelist. And a real stretch, writing about um, olden times on the Oregon Trail and from a perspective of a young woman, and he's just done a fantastic job of going from being an, a mechanical engineer to very creative thinking. Of course, you have to think creatively as an engineer yeah. also, but we don't think of that. <laughs> you know, someone asked me, how did I find all those historical details? And I said, well, you should see my desk. I have two monitors. One is open on in Microsoft Word to the thing I'm writing, and the other is open to Google <laughs> and the things that I'm researching. Little Little things like... When was the sewing machine invented? If yeah. you're going to reference a sewing machine in your historical novel, you need to be sure that it was actually there yeah. at, at that point in time. And so many little things. When were steamships invented? Uh, where did people go? Where, did, where could they stay if they were traveling from point A to, po- to yeah. point B? Was there a place for them to stay? Or did they just pull off to the side of the road and sleep in their wagon. All these were just just fascinating details to me. A lot of research. I was going to say, the research is what probably surprised people. I remember talking to Denise about how long a drive would be and what you would see on that drive in her story. I wrote a true crime book, and I remember writing it when I was repeating something happening I had to go back and research what the weather was like on that day that it happened because I wanted to make sure if it was pouring down rain or it was very, very hot because I was trying to to describe the scene. So you do have to like a little research, too. Whether it's in person or it's like Gordon said on Google, you can find lots of maps and resources there. So are we gonna are we gonna do a fifth oh. writer's workshop? What are we gonna do the next? That's up to you, Pam. It's <laughs> up to Renee, I think, and whoever, whatever lovely person gives us some money to do this. But um, we're kind of getting here to the end. The writer's workshop. The book is called Louisiana Short Stories, an anthology from America's most storied state, and it's written by the Red Stick Writers. There are twenty stories in the book, and. Um, 
they're all, you can tell they're all very personal. They all have a very personal touch in there somewhere because having having read them multiple times at this stage <laughs> and getting to know the people, you can see each person in their story somehow. You you kind of know, okay, that's them. That, that's that's, right. that's part of their part of their story. And Pam, you haven't talked about yours, but you you did a really interesting take on Christmas during the COVID era and a really sweet story, I thought, about how that turned out. Of course, Pam's written these type of little stories a lot, and she's her book is going to be great when she gets it done, but that was a nice story, too. Thank you. Thank you. So we have stories about Christmas. We have stories about making gumbo, tradition of making gumbo for Christmas. We have uh, advice from Kitty Heaven. From Kitty Heaven, right. <laughs> we have uh, Quentin Gustine did a beautiful story of historic about Beautiful. Yes, it yeah. is. So really, a, I learned fantastic. a whole lot that I did, I did not too. know. I did, too. I did, too. Historical reenactment there, which oh, was yeah. really interesting. And um, Troy Grimes. Troy Grimes, yeah. Who was really that? an impact of um, the interstate being built through Oh, yes. North I had Baton never Rouge. thought of that before. And yeah. And he sure, sure brought yeah. it out. And just really tapped into some, I thought, some just yeah. really... Jenny Jantz. Gripping Jenny story. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, a couple of really interesting takes on aging parents and, yeah, and right. that sort of thing. And family members like Doris Thornton Alexander yeah. uh, about a family member but and, all and, 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 and the uh, culture that Maryland the, the, the culture that that particular author grew up in and, and yes. being able to share that so you get a whole different perspective on things yeah. well there's so much for everyone to want to buy this book for and especially because the proceeds benefit the Arts Council so uh, maybe there will be future writers workshops <laughs> because yeah. Because of that, but that's another great thing I think about this project. It's got a little piece of giving back to the Arts Council for bringing this workshop to all of us. If I could, you you two have just definitely gone above and beyond, Pam. I know (laughs) you put heart and soul into all of this and helping with the edits and burning the candle at both ends. And Rana. You're brilliant, oh. and I'd follow you anywhere. Oh, You're so you. generous. She's a fabulous oh, leader for all, and, and, all and, and of these workshops. And I'm, an award-winning writer. <laughs> I thank you, Denise. I, like I said, I've loved this group. It's been, it's been a lot to me, too, in getting to know all of you wonderful people. And I've just loved it. I really have. I've just really enjoyed it. It's, it's been a Good. nice journey. Mm-hmm. It nice has journey. been. Nice journey. <laughs> so if you would like to pick up a copy of this book, you can go to Amazon.com and Google Louisiana Short Stories, and I do believe we pop right up. So Excellent. Um, it's, That's it, exciting. It's a, it's a nominal fee, so we hope you will pick up a copy. It's perfect for holiday giving, uh, especially if you've got – I think it would be really cool if you've got somebody who's from Louisiana who maybe doesn't live here anymore. Oh, definitely. Send them a touch of home. That would be great. And, uh, they can can read those stories and, and then maybe share if they've got kids or grandkids and share share with the class. And um, Denise? The, the book signing is kind of the release party. Yes. We're going to have a release party for the authors and their family uh, coming up soon. So once the books get in, they should be here. Soon, you can catch replays on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Support for this programming comes from Shell, our generous donors and members. 
To help us continue programming like this, please consider joining the Arts Council or becoming a donor. Information can be found on our website, artsbr.org. That's A-R-T-S-B-R.org.